0: Well, good Monday evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the Coach McVay Show. Like you heard, Les Snead is our guest with Demarco Far. Uh, great to be here. Great to be three and zero. Les, how did you enjoy Sunday at the Coliseum? The first of uh, two games this week. I,
1: I think I enjoyed it when the the scoreboard and the clock and all that was fourth quarter and it went to zero point zero zero or something similar because it was it was a tough battle. Anytime you play Phillip Rivers, uh, you know he seems to always. Make sure they're going to somehow keep that thing close. But uh, offense did a nice job. Defense made stops when they had to. Calls turnovers when they had to. So, nice quality win. Yeah, he's a
2: zombie. I mean, only headshots stop him. But I mean, great game nonetheless. I'm glad you got the W. It's nice to be three and O. But I mean, exciting, fun game at home. I mean, that was almost football at its finest, wouldn't you say?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think anytime you're in this league and you face and I always start with the QB a quality QB a guy who could probably be an offensive coordinator, but he can also pass the football and he's on the field so it's hard to get in a defense and him not know probably what you're trying to do and where the outlets are and where the answers to the test are if you do get some pressure and I think when you get a lead with them they're gonna you know they're gonna put him in that shotgun and he's going to you know uh you know, pass the ball over the field and try and try to make the comeback. But And they've got a salty defense. Uh, Sean, our offense, offense staff, players, they did a heck of a job keeping that defense off balance I'm all happy day.
2: Bosa didn't play. <laughs> I am. He's a wrecking machine. I'm going to go coach speak or <laughs> GM speak here. And, you know, wish Joey would have been able to compete yesterday.
0: But we all know really right. that's, that's bull something. Yeah. Coach, speak aside, are there three hours each Sunday that you can just, Take your GM hat off and be a fan, and really root your team on. Or are you always kind of on the clock so that when Faro Cooper, for instance, gets hurt in the middle of the game, you know who you're calling for that next week's I, I, I don't think job.
1: you. Can, I don't think you can ever be a fan and enjoy it. And and it's and it's different, right? You when you see Pharaoh Cooper go down, when you see people go down, you're always uh, communicating. Okay, what is the energy? Yeah. What, what is the injury? How long is it going to be? uh you know do we have an answer for but also the the game i tell sean all the time as a gm can be extremely stressful because you're you're almost like a super fan you're so invested in it but you're really just watching like a fan and uh, you know sometimes coaching and i've been on that side of it can be somewhat i don't want to call it easier but calmer during the game because you actually have a role you actually your mind's occupied you're that plays, over. you're moving on to the next. You got, you got an objective, whatever your role on that sideline or in that press box is. So it occupies your mind, and it's it's more calculus, like playing chess. But being a GM can yeah. be stressful.
2: But you're getting better at watching. I mean, throughout the years, you've gotten better at watching games.
1: So I would and love it, for you to tell me how you know. Kind that. of
2: removing yourself from the emotion of what's going on.
1: I, I think guess. I think Demarco does know. <laughs> it's you know I, I've had a box where i've watched a game next to rams radio in probably my career <laughs> and you know there's times where there's ruckus where i'm at i i couldn't tell you if i heard anything i'm just yeah. but you've gotten better at watching games is it
2: because the team's getting better or just that's what happens when you've been at this job doing what you've been doing probably uh, you know that's years. a good yeah.
1: probably many variables don't know what uh, you know what percentage of uh, is team getting better but obviously when you're when when there's more positive plays and negative uh, that's always good but I think you do get wiser and calmer and you try to come up with ways I, every every summer it's a game plan of mine okay how can I watch a game and not let's call
0: it get over emotional you talked about the opposing quarterback from Sunday. We haven't talked about yours yet. What's it like as uh, the individual who selected Jared Goff, number one overall, a couple of years ago, see him set a new career high for completions? And uh, a little bit bigger picture, what was your perspective on system quarterback week here in uh, the Rams facility? Well, I think
1: that – I like to say this. You, you, your goal as a GM, you'd love to to be a part of an organization where you got a, a really good quarterback – Really good coaching staff with really good systems. I think that's the goal. The goal is not to have one or the other. Right. So I'll I'll let everyone else debate on on, on all of that. But going to, to I think Sean's said it right, uh, and Sean's obviously and his staffs uh, great coaches at what they do. It's that's proven in what they're doing week in and week out. But the players, they got to go execute the plan. They got to they got to win the, the hey the individual man to man battles and you know the receivers have gotta get open Jared's gotta find them and and make the throws, so it takes a lot of people
0: make a good qb and a good system uh, well said tonight on the coach mcveigh show we will hear from blake countess that's in the final segment uh, but we'll continue with less need <laughs> next we'll get the latest on the injury front from the head coach sean mcveigh and then ask less what's next for the rams as they prepare on this short week for the vikings and seattle beyond you're listening to the coach mcveigh show live from thousand oaks in anticipation of week four on ESPN LA 710
3: from an injury standpoint from yesterday um Getting the MRI results back, to leave. it wasn't good news on, on him. He is going to get a second opinion tomorrow, but more than likely uh, he's going to have something that will probably require surgery, but hopefully we'll get him back at some point uh, in time and he'll handle it the right way. And. Uh, do everything he can to get back sooner than later. With Marcus Peters, we switched that from a, an ankle to a calf just based on the nature of the MRI results. and He'll be day-to-day and, and hopefully we'll, we got a chance to get him going this week and, and we'll see uh, how he feels tomorrow. But uh, that was really encouraging news. With Dominique Easley looking at his knee, um, just the, the amount of toll that's been placed on that thing just through some of the previous things he's gone through, uh, what a what a great story it is. But we're, we're anticipating that uh, he's going to be questionable and he might be ready to go as well. JoJo Natson had hand surgery today. Uh, that went well, uh, and and based on the nature of that injury and, and kind of – uh, being his left hand, how he carries the football and things like that. Uh, he'll be out for this Thursday, but there's a chance that he, he might be ready to go for the Seattle game following this game.
0: All right, so welcome back to Cal Lutheran. That was head coach Sean McVeigh about an hour ago addressing the assembled media with a full rundown on the injury sustained in the week three victory over the Chargers. We continue with the Coach McVay Show. Les Sneed, general manager, our guest, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Uh, so let's kind of circle back and go through those to the best uh, extent that we can and maybe start with to Talib who seems like he's the most serious in terms of uh, potentially facing surgery. Uh, what do we know about Akib, and how do you address that uh, in the time between when he might be available to join the Rams at the tail end of this season?
1: Isn't it awesome, though, listening to Sean, okay, you got a head coach that transparent, right? That's... I've, I've heard a lot of head coaches. He he was a, that's pretty detailed and clear. But with the key, but I think that obviously he's going to be out a while. The good thing is season is long, so the uh, if everything goes right, we'll have a key back uh, toward the end of the season. So there, that's where we could place him on IR, and at some point, if things go right, put the designate to return on him, and and go from there. But the nice thing is. From a standpoint, Troy Hill, we have him on the roster. Who I mean, he started down the stretch for us. Yep. We we won the division last year with him in the starting lineup. We've got Sam Shields, who's been a Pro Bowler. We will uh, more than likely bring up Dom Hatfield, who you know played football for us last year with special teams and in coverage. So we're fortunate to have depth there, uh, along with Nikhil uh, Roby, and who played outside some yesterday other than inside so we're gonna next man up is the mantra but the nice thing about these next men are they actually do have some pelts on the wall
2: and guys you trust and can trust that 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 you've seen on film actually make plays and get better like you said shields has been to the pro bowl hatfield is a guy that that started for you in a pinch and played pretty well troy hill's a guy you trusted a lot so i mean you want your top flight guys back but like you said, it's next man up, and they didn't blink on game day. That had to make you proud as a GM.
1: Oh yeah, that because it's it's hard to come in, and especially against a, a Charger offense led by you know they got a great coordinator, they got a great quarterback. So when you know obviously those those coordinators, those quarterbacks smell blood in the water per se when when all of a sudden there's someone new out there. So yeah, that's a little, and they didn't get the reps that the other. Players got all week, and in you know what can be a complicated system. So, I give them credit for uh, making plays when they had to.
2: I thought Sam Shields making that tackle, knocking the guy out of bounds coming up. I mean, this is what we talked about with him coming back from concussion can he take shots like that? To get the guy out of bounds on that play, I thought was
1: a hell of a play, one of the best plays of the game. PBU in the red zone. Uh, nice play, and, and I think you saw some of the rust of not playing is, is that, you know, they were in a little bit of a cover two and and threw a ball that he, he slipped coming out. might have been an interception, but they were able to complete a long third and down. But I do think on that play, well, now that Sam gets reps, Troy gets reps during the week, you know, you will clean some of that up. And, and I give those two credit. Uh, John Fossil is going to be hurting because, uh, you know, with them playing more <laughs> – right. Uh, He's losing two players. Give Shazam credit for being a veteran, but really raising his hand and and contributing on special teams.
0: Rams general manager Les Snead is our guest tonight on the Coach McVay Show, DeMarco Farr and J.B. Long. Uh, To spell out a little bit more for our benefit and that of our audience, the use of injured reserve as it stands within league rules right now. You already have two players on IR, uh, most notably Farrell Cooper and Mike Thomas, right? Right. And you can designate two to return later in the year. So if you do go down the IR road with a keep to leave, that essentially means one of those players is done for the year, right?
1: Right. So, yes, one of the three that we've put on, I mean, obviously Morgan Fox has already owned, uh, but he was, right. you know, he there's there no way he was getting well. So of the three we put on this year, they all would be, from an injury standpoint, should be able to play... Uh, somewhere in the middle to the end of the season so what happens now is you do not have to designate them as they go on you can then wait and see who you might need see how they're you know first and foremost see how they're recovering and then when everybody is well uh you can decide whether you you can practice them first and then you can decide whether you want to just, play to, with them.
0: just to get out of the nitty gritty for a second, I mean, it seems my sense being around this team is there's now a culture and a standard that's been established here, whereby yes, you're three and zero, but you've seen your fair amount of adversity already this season along the way, and you'll see some more. Um, but are we at the point with the 2018 Los Angeles Rams and the McVay era Rams where the culture and the standards overcome some of that adversity, adversity naturally? You, you, that is always your goal, but I think to to
1: accomplish that goal, you have to live through adversity and you have to overcome adversity in a successful manner uh people might know I'm, i'm a i'm a jim collins fan who wrote the book good to great spent some time with us this training camp but in his latest book he talks a lot about return on luck and that luck is is a is basically a moment in time in life that you didn't plan for it can be good and it can be bad, and there is empirical data that says whether you're a human being, a company, when you do run into bad luck, the ones that are successful for the long term are, are, let's call it, get a good return on that luck, whether good or bad.
0: Because everyone in the league is dealing with this, even within your division, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers most notably today. But kind of who responds to that and who has – you know. Physical and emotional answers on the field to that is the team that ends up at the end.
1: Philadelphia Eagles last year lost Carson Wentz. They win the Super Bowl. So that's probably your best example.
2: Uh, No doubt. Um, You know, I had so much fun watching the tape. 500 yards of total offense is always fun to watch. But I had a better time watching your defense, in particular your two tackles, when you talk about luck. Um, Lucky you have those two on your side um
1: that's a good luck event
2: that that's a great <laughs> luck event there um just tremendous how they've been playing I, I just wonder I mean is that that duo that you put together is are they living up to your expectations and something JB challenged me with that I can't figure out is there a way to quantify how well they've been playing that something that's not on the stat sheet
1: now I think it, it's it's hard to quantify it unless you do like you did and watch every play and in and, and we have Don and we have Sue. I always want to mention Mike Brockers cuz I think the three I don't think it's just two, I think it's three, but what I do know, what is very hard to probably quantify in terms of just numbers is those human beings getting, you know, pressure on the QB, you know, making the offenses and the QBs that we played in the first three games get the ball out very fast. What that then turns into is the the quarterback's throwing shorter than longer and then if we make tackles you end up getting teams off the field there's less chunk play so if they do drive for touchdowns it takes longer so that's probably how you would quantify it and but and it'd be interesting to see how qb's are we we don't have as many sacks this year as we've had in the past but i do know teams are we're pressuring a quarterback we're affecting the qb Uh, and they're getting the ball out faster.
2: I think that's why I'm not freaking out about Tlaib and Peters right now. I wish you had them, but yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think that's the difference, yeah.
0: Well, it was a position of depth, and Les Need and his staff did well to bolster it this offseason. Uh, we'll continue with the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams on the Coach McVeigh Show next. And before we're done tonight, an interview with Blake Countess, who recovered a block punt in the end zone as part of the winning effort on Sunday in Week 3. With DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long, and this is the Coach McVeigh Show, live from Thousand Oaks on ESPN LA 710.
3: You know what, I think I think it was one of his best games. I think in terms of the decision-making, the way that he threw the ball with accuracy, anticipation, uh, especially the type of defense. You know, that they, they do a great job. A lot of vision defenses, you know, where they're, they're able to play sound and match different things. And I thought he did a great job kind of understanding the nuances of what we were trying to get done and, and being able to make plays that some of the plays were in rhythm and then he was able to create where that's just, you know, a great player making a great play. And, um, you know, those were the things that showed up. But I think it was one of his more complete games. I think you could definitely say that.
0: Uh, Sean McVay talking about Jared Goff with another 300-plus yard performance. The Rams are undefeated in his career when he throws for 300-plus. They're 3-0 on this season as they await the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. And we continue with this week four edition, the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and General Manager Les Snead joining us. Uh, As good as Jared was last week and has been, uh, the offensive line, equally impressive, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown. And I'd be willing to bet that if I offered you any other trio of wide receivers in this National Football League, you would say thanks, but no thanks. You'll stick with yours. Am I right? Definitely
1: stick with this one. And and you know, and there's some probably some great duos, trios in the league. And and I don't want to compare them to them, but it, you know, from A to Z, this is a really, really unique, rare, special group of people to to work with, because it, I think it's. Each one of those receivers probably approaches the game, I mean, maybe similar to a Peyton Manning uh, or a Tom Brady. I mean, they're like franchise QBs where they may be, it's, hey, Tuesday's not a day off. It's, it's all day long, you know, get better mentally, uh, physically. So it, you've been around a lot of skill players, a lot of people that are very, very talented, but these guys love football. They couldn't live without it. They're probably coaching if they couldn't play, but they can play. so <laughs> it, it's a it's just a really really unique group. Uh, you know I mean I,
2: I don't know if Jared Goff will ever shake the system quarterback label. I don't even know who put that out there, really um, but it's one hell of a system if it is a system with these guys, the way they're running it. Just forget the yards and the points for a second and just look at the execution. You're not going you haven't seen an offense this year functioning
1: that well. In my opinion. Well on the I'll do I'll say three things on a small level. Two on a small level, one on a big. Uh from yesterday. Love the fact the the play the the touchdown in the Cooper Cup. That's him pulling the ball down, trying to trying to maneuver in the pocket to find space, then looking back up and Cooper Cup ad libs, he makes the throw, ends up being an explosive touchdown. <laughs> uh but what about the play when he got 16 or so yards using his legs when he had time there was plenty of lanes to run he that's a little bit what he did at cal but uh, Brian Zanders, who you know is a personnel analyst uh executive forget his title whatever he's a very bright human being we brought on he and I worked together in at Atlanta. so he's very uh you know he's a data loves data but he showed me he's always working with the data, but since 2012, of all you know, uh, of all QBs in the league, Jared Goff has the third best rating, and that's counting people. That, as an example, on this list, Peyton Manning was fourth. And I tell the audience, I never go back in QC and edit and make sure that we could, you know, put this in a story and be accurate with him. I just looked at his data, but it, it, he was just showing me how well he was playing but for, and that's the old that's not QBR the ESPN and that's the, that's just a standard rating but you take of all the QBs since 2012 and it, and obviously Tom Brady's got a lot more games than Jared Goff Jared Goff has his sample from 16 last year and the 3 this year and he's and he's third
0: hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line and specifically Austin Blythe to start maybe because he's the newest piece to what was a very cohesive group last year. You need him for at least two games to replace Jermon Brown. You know that coming into the season through training camp. But he performed so admirably that he earned another start in Week 3 and presumably again in Week 4 against the Vikings.
1: Yes, that's I know uh, Sean sat with both Austin and Jamon last week and said that we'd continue with Austin in mm-hmm. the lineup. So I uh, give him credit, right? He... You know, there was a there was an opportunity. That was a,
0: a waiver wire claim, wasn't it? a Waiver wire
1: yeah. claim uh, probably back in, you know, 17, probably in the spring but before we'd even, you know, gone to an OTA. But he's a kid that we liked in the draft at Iowa Undersized Center, uh, was drafted by Indianapolis. Colts did get starts uh, as a rookie uh, at guard, and either a rookie or his first year. But I, I do know this. They went through a regime change. Uh, when they changed coaching staffs and general managers, and he was cut, we liked him, picked him up. Aaron had liked him coming out, and and the rest is history. I hate to
0: tell you, Les, but the way it's going, it's going to be hard to win waiver wire claims. <laughs> no doubt in, in the near future.
1: That is, that's probably a subliminal goal that you never. Good write problem down, to have. It's a great problem. Yep.
2: Always good. You know when when you give credit to Jared Goff, he got the the game ball. Todd Gurley, I mean, every press clipping he's – anybody that's ever written anything about Todd Gurley, he's earned it. But I guess the overlooked guys are your offensive line. There's a high level of pride amongst those guys. I mean, they're perfectionists with everyone. They're competing against each other to be better than the next guy, and it's it's amazing to
1: watch them play. Oh, And and the, what's, what's really amazing by that group, did a nice job with Melvin. Melvin Ingram can rush the passer. You don't. Want, want to watch him on tape as you prepare because you get a little nervous but they did a nice job neutralizing him now at times it took a back and a tight end knowing when he was going to really unleash it but what's very impressive about that group is hey their their ability to work together their ability to get to the second level but on those screen passes I mean they, they, there is some clinic blocking going on if you're a coach out there and you want to you know Run the screen and teach linemen how to block. Our guys do one heck of a, a job, and and even the girlies play that got called back. I mean, they're just they can because it's tough, as you know, Demarco. When you're if you want to call it the let's call it the least athletic on the field of the 22 on the field, maybe besides the QB, you're the least athletic. That's <laughs> right. why you didn't play defensive line, right? And they didn't get out at the second level, and now you're blocking dbs and linebackers and and hey you can engage but not only engage with those guys but sustain and that's
0: that's impressive he's Les need with demarco Farr. i'm jb long three segments down two to go on this week four edition of the coach mcveigh show Uh, we'll talk a little defense and Corey littleton blocking another punt coming up next and before we're done blake countess our guest here on the coach mcveigh show it's a week four edition on espn la 710
3: I think there was a lot of confidence in, in Corey and what we thought he could do. You know, playing that Mike linebacker position, I think he's done an excellent job. You know, it's one thing, you know, being able to project; it's another thing to deliver and, and play up to the level that he has. But I think, um, you know, Corey, you know, big time play makes on special teams with the block punt where Blake falls on it. But he's just been a good football player. He's got a good, he's got good instincts, good awareness. You know, you see the ability to be able to run and recognize different things, and I think he's done a nice job with the communication. You know, with specifically what the Mike linebacker spot entails. He's playing every snap for us right now, and and he's playing at a high level. And I think Coach Barry and Shula have done a really nice job kind of incorporating where he was playing the mo linebacker spot last year, transitioning to the mic. He's really done a nice job through three games for us.
0: Well, hope you're having a great Monday night. Nice to hear from Sean McVay here on the Coach McVay Show. It's a short week, so he is with his team doing some game prep as they await the Vikings, a chance to go to 4-0 and and complete the first quarter undefeated. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long, and we continue with Les Snead for this final segment before we hear from Blake Countess in our final period here on the Coach McVay Show. Uh, that soundbite from Sean McVay just a little over an hour ago about Corey Littleton, who uh, not only is at the center of your defense now, Les, but uh, Bones Fossil still finding him finding a way to get him in critical situations like when you had the Chargers backed up yesterday.
1: No doubt. I, and I mentioned Brian Zanders earlier, and he brought it to my attention. That he was pro football focus, his, you know, best-ranked, number-one-ranked special teamer uh, from the 17 season. So, uh, you know, that's an interesting – and he just continues doing I We mentioned earlier, too, where I sit, watch the games and all that. I do know there was a play where they did a toss to – to melvin gordon and it did look like okay we got the edge sealed and he's going to walk in and out of nowhere comes number 58 and ends up being about a one or two yard game so that's the you know he has the range so give him credit for becoming a let's call it on the verge of becoming a complete uh football player at the linebacker position but that that special teams he has become dominant over the last few years
0: so if i can just jump in again real quick it seems like i'm inferring there's a very clear line of communication and understanding between the coaching staff and your front office then to go into an off season, saying you know what not only can we get by with Corey littleton moving inside he's never done it before he's never worn the green dot we can thrive and that allows you the flexibility to go out and address some other positional Areas needs in a different manner. Am I correct in, in saying that?
1: That's that's how the season works. That's the puzzle. And you 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 have to make projections mm-hmm. like that sometimes. And 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 you try to take all the data in, all the wisdom in then and hopefully the probability works out with the decision that you make, but that's definitely what you got to have to do for an organization to thrive.
2: That's the other thing. I mean, we talk about the players a lot, and we talk about the head coach, but this coaching staff on both sides of the ball, really, really good. Position coaches, the coordinators are excellent. Well, defensive coordinator, Sean McVeigh's last point. The, the coaching staff and the just the esprit de corps that filters down to the players that, like you said, there is no day off for either side of the football, even if you have the day off.
1: They're, no doubt. And that's – I mean, the coaching staff, they do an unbelievable job. I've been kidding with, you know, Aubrey Pleasant, our DB coach, all day. He says, how's it going? And I just pat him on the back. I'm doing a lot better than you do. Wow. <laughs> but he looks at me and goes, hey, we're good. That's why they called me coach, and, and we're going to – we're ready to go, no matter who's in the lineup. So that's the mentality that they have. And it's also uh, a tribute to them in in how they can prepare the players to – come off the bench and help us win a very, very tough game.
0: Well, Les, thank you for carrying the uh, first portion of the show. We appreciate your time and uh, hope you can find a way, some way, to enjoy Thursday night. I know there's only one way, and that's with another win.
1: Yeah, there's only one way to enjoy game days. There you go. Uh,
0: DeMarco and I will be back for one final segment, and when we do, we'll have Blake Countess. A conversation with him and a little bit of history against one of the primary targets for the Minnesota Vikings that's next on the coach McVeigh show on ESPN LA welcome back to the coach McVeigh show live from Cal Lutheran in anticipation of week four against the Minnesota Vikings we are pleased to have Blake Countess Rams safety uh, as our guest as part of tonight's show uh, Blake welcome in thank you for being a part of this program and congratulations on a 3-0 and start how does it feel
4: Thank you, JB. It feels great. It feels really good um, to go out there and execute week to week. We've had some different scenarios come up, some different situations as far as being down at half, um, you know, being being up at half, and then kind of being in a, in a closer game this past weekend. It's been good for our team. You know come out and get get all three w's so
0: i like the point you make there some would look from the outside and say this rams team is unbeaten they've had it easy so far but those of us who have followed along know that you've seen your fair share of adversity do you feel like this franchise is at a point where the culture the standard is overcoming the obstacles that are placed in your way
4: uh i think so um i think we're at at a good place right now with our team and the chemistry and you know all of us being on the same page from coaches to players and Back from, uh, players to coaches, uh, I think that, um, you know, like you said, being here my rookie year, we were four and 12. So there's definitely been some battles. And, you know, last year we had a, we had a better season, but, um, you know, it wasn't good enough in the end. Uh, the the first playoff game, you got the first round. So, um, you know, as long as we keep that standard high and, you know, maintain that level of, you know, attention to detail every week, I think we can go a long way.
0: All right, let's go back to the Week Three win over the Chargers. Is it fair to say that at this point, if there's a block punt on the field, you're going to find it?
4: <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of the things
0: about you know just being
4: in the right place at the right time. But you know that that's that kind of stuff is uh is really a blessing. But it's also uh, you know it's drawing up. We we draw it up that way. You know, sometimes I'm, I might not be the one to scoop and score, but I might come free on a block and uh. You know, we got to execute and make the most of it, and we did that this past weekend.
0: Uh, for those that don't know, we're with, with uh, Blake Countess, here, Ram safety. He also uh, scooped and scored against the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that drafted you last year, right?
4: Right, but that was a special one. Just uh, you know, being against those, that team, I know a lot of those guys over there. So, being able to come on and do that against that team, that was that was fun for me. Let's
0: circle back to the point you made about preparation. And Bones Fossil seems to be as good as anyone in the game in putting your special teams units in a position that you can impact the outcome every single Sunday. What's it like to work with him, Blake?
4: Oh, it's great. It's great. He really simplifies the game. He allows us to play fast. Um, it's not a whole lot of thinking going into the game plan, but you know we have, we have things that we do really well, and we want to do those every week and affect the game in a positive way. We can and we will affect the game in a positive way if we go and execute. And as long as we're all on the same page, and Bones does a great job of making sure everybody's on the same page. It's not a lot of thinking is out there playing fast
0: and reacting to the looks we get. Expanding the conversation to the coaching staff at large, I mean, does this group feel like uh, there's anyone better in the National Football League than Sean McVay and company when it comes to preparation on a short week, whether it's going back to San Francisco in 2017 or even this year going from Monday night football at Oakland, a road game, uh, to week two against the Cardinals? It seems like this staff uh, is able to do it no matter how short the hours.
4: Yeah, I think they, I think they do a great job. Um, just all three phases being on the same page from the coaches to the training room staff to the weight room staff. We have a, a ton of technology that's helping us, you know, see where we're at as a team as far as recovery. And they do a good job with communicating with us as players as well. Telling us, well, us telling them how we feel on short weeks and things like that. Whether we need to scale back or whether we need to ramp it up in some, in some cases. But, uh, yeah, I think they do a great job. Um, of listening to us and us being on the same page with them and us getting ready to play on game day because that's what it's all about.
0: We appreciate Blake Countess being with us tonight on the Coach McVeigh Show. Let's transition to your role in the secondary a little bit and right now you're playing really well supporting a couple of great safeties Uh, but this is a little bit of a different week not only because of the short preparation but also because your secondary depth is a bit depleted especially at corner. Uh, What are you looking forward to against the Vikings this Thursday night?
4: I'm um, just helping out anywhere I can. Like you said, we have, we have some guys go down, so I'm not really sure what the plan will be just yet. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have a better idea tomorrow as the week goes forward. But, um, I'm a guy that's done it, that's done it all in, the, in the back end. And, you know, I'm ready to go wherever I, wherever I may be needed, um, just to help this team win.
0: Yeah, I know your defensive flexibility is something that Wade Phillips and Sean McVay could lean on this Thursday night against Minnesota. Uh, just reflecting back to last year when you were on the road in Minneapolis, uh, saw firsthand the threats that their uh, perimeter players, their receivers present. I'm sure that'll be a great challenge on Thursday night. Can you talk about uh, Thielen and Diggs and company?
4: Absolutely. Like you said last year, we had a um, we had it was a pretty pretty tight with last year, but they they got the best of us last year. Stephon is actually like one of my best friends We're at high school together so I've been knowing him we, we, we grew up together I've been knowing him for the longest but uh um, they have a great you know they have a great offensive uh attack and um we're, we're gonna have to be at our best this week you know who whoever's out there is gonna have to step up and this next man in syndrome
0: what high school was that
4: that's Our Lady of good council high school and only Maryland
0: all right if we had gone back in time and talked to the two of you then and said uh, Who is more likely to play in the NFL someday? How would that conversation have gone?
4: Uh, I think we both kind of had it had it planned out. You know, everything has really come into fruition
0: That's kind of how we planned it.
4: Um, you know, that was a goal we set way way back, and we both just worked, pushed each other. We also had some other players on that on that team that are around the league now too. Um, but yeah, we all pushed each other, and we set a goal, and we we wouldn't let each other stray away from that goal, and it ended up happening for us. So it's a blessing you know it's fun it's fun when you got when you have guys that you've been playing with since you were 15 16 years old and you can see them on Sundays on the on the other side of the ball doing doing what they love to do and doing it at the highest level
0: well Blake we're certainly happy for you and we enjoy watching you take the field be it uh, on defense or special teams every week with this undefeated Rams group thank you for some of your time here on the coach McVay show no problem thank you JV all right. Final thoughts with Demarco Far. I feel like we learned a lot this evening. Les Snead very informative as our guest. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, Keep Talib might be heading towards IR, but yeah. they might have him in December and beyond potentially. Um, and Marcus Peters not necessarily ruled out for Thursday night, which is good. Uh,
2: based on what, how they looked on the way out of the stadium, I would, I would have thought the opposite, and I guess it's a pleasant surprise that you may get Peters back. I mean, that's, that's great. I'd like to have one, both of them back, but if I can just uh, just have one, then then so be it. But you're playing so well defensively. You didn't miss a beat uh, when those guys left the game. Um, the defense picked it up. There were some drives where Phillip Rivers had momentum, and you had to go out there and take it from him, and you did. Like we said, that's a quarterback that's going to live forever, man. He's immortal. That's tough to do, and they stood up even without their best corner. So uh, good coaching, good players, good offense will help you.
0: Another good receiving core coming their way in Minnesota this Thursday night. Hope you'll join us at the Coliseum. DeMarco will talk more about this on Rams All Access later this week. But you know, we all kind of saw that Buffalo score and thought, what in the world is going on? Did the Vikings take this week off? Did they get caught in the classic trap game? What impact do you think their embarrassing loss at home to Buffalo will have on Thursday night, if any?
2: I agree with Coach McVeigh, man. That's 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 scary. You know, I mean, they suffered defeats. Uh, losing covers up, or winning covers up, what do they say? Winning's great deodorant, covers up a lot of stink. Uh, well, losses expose you, so you have to come back from that. So you're going to get their best shot on Thursday. So it, it does
0: make you worry that... They had a stinker versus Buffalo right before they played you. And they go on the road to take on Philadelphia after the Rams, so there will be an air of desperation for a team that right now is looking up at the Chicago Bears in their division, and they know that Brett uh, Brett Favre is out there. Brett Brett Favre isn't still out there, is he? Has he
2: retired? Okay, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers
0: is still out there in their division as well. Uh, Thanks for being here with me, DeMarco, for this edition of the Coach McVay Show. Uh, We're going to have a version of Rams All-Access still to come previewing uh, the Week 4 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings as Jared Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald go for four and oh, an undefeated quarter of the season. We saw them put together some three and ones last year, but four and oh would be special with a long weekend leading into the road trip in Seattle. That's the first of three straight away from the Coliseum. Uh, They look good. All right, we will wrap it up here. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Coach McVay Show on ESPN LA Seven Ten.